Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What a week, Jeevesy. Jack Jumpers. All I can think about at the moment is the Jack Jumpers. Huge. You were there the other night. I was there too. It was unbelievable. Yeah, they just... Um they played with a with a real sense of control offensively. That just comparative to, to to game one, they just got greater looks. Uh, Milton Doyle was able to get to his spots. They brought Steinle off the bench. He was able to uh, to get open a little bit. It's heading into game three. The big question for them is if Josh McJet is ready to play. How do they reintegrate him into the team? Yeah. Um, so what's the latest on that? I haven't. Still unsure at mm. at this stage, but if if he does came in, travelled with the team though, definitely. Travelled. Yeah. 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 So Sean Sean McDonald came into the starting lineup um, with a bit of a role on uh, McDowell White to try and shut him down, and did an incredible job. Didn't have the greatest offensive game himself. Turned the ball over a little bit. Didn't shoot the ball overly well, but did a, did a great job in terms of their uh, defensive structures. So with Majet coming in, is he capable of playing that same role? Do they bring Majet off the bench? Maybe and stick with um, the proven starting five. And then what what does that mean for young Isaac White, who um, again came on and, and just showed great. I mean, he uh, was great chops. He was he's, amazing. He, he's he's I been messaged special. Him, I messaged him yesterday because I was like, any chance we can get you back on the show? Because of course we had him last year, and he's like, oh, you know, usually love to, but we're on the plane at 4:30 a.m. They flew out. Right. Um, which checks out because I saw Scott's car at the. <laughs> My apartment yeah. building when I got home, and when I got up to leave this morning for the show, it definitely was not there. So they well, were the, up, up and at it pretty early. The good news is that Jared Weeks is going to going to take a bit yeah. of time with us uh, after the next break to, to have a chat. So, um, re- interestingly, with Jared Weeks, he's uh, he had a stint with the Breakers for a mm. couple of years. Also, spent four years with the Kings uh, across his uh, long journey as as an NBL pro. So, uh, be great to see if there's any insights he can give on on both franchises. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what he's expecting, obviously, how it plays out and what challenges they might have with the four teams remaining GVZ, which, um, of course, are the JJs, Cairns, New Zealand and Sydney. Mm. How do you see this weekend playing out in your mind? Yeah, well, I mean, the game last night was, was excellent. Cairns and Sydney, uh, hopefully everyone watched that. That was a, was, a, was a great game. Cairns jumped out early and were hot. Uh, they they played Xavier Cooks really well. They really bothered him, gave him no space uh, at all to, you know, he's got such a, a quick first step, um, you know, by, by botting him a little bit. It just it did, didn't give him that freedom. He ended up out of the game with a, uh, with a bad ankle roll. Uh, so hopefully he's okay and can play mm-hmm. Sunday afternoon. But um, Cairns were really physical with him and, and that, that just enabled them to get some stops and, and run, which is what Cairns does really well. So yep. that game at, at 2 o'clock on Sunday will be followed by the Jack Jumpers uh, New Zealand game. So Sunday afternoon is just a, a, an unbelievable um, afternoon for I know, for you know Australian what, basketball. as well? I'm not going to be able to watch it on the couch with full attention because I'm going to the Red Hot Summer. So right. I'm going to be checking the Jack Jumper score while I'm watching Paul you Kelly. To, you might need to cancel those plans. No, I can't. I can't cancel Paul, Paul Kelly. Okay. I've got to go. 
I've got to go, but I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to be go, checking the scores. But you're going to miss out go. on. I know. It's. I can't believe it myself. Honestly, I'm going to have to be. Yeah, two places at once. Um, but the thing is that sticks in my mind, Jeeves, is I feel like the Jack Jumpers love when it comes down to the wire and the pressure, and they can, they can definitely do it. It's. I feel like it's just what happens on the day. Yeah, but they I, definitely are capable of beating New Zealand, obviously, but they are mm. more than capable as well doing it in New Zealand under this amount of pressure. Like, I feel like that's when they their grit comes out yeah, and they can do it. They really can. It's it's certainly against them odds-wise. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really unlikely and it hasn't happened a lot in the past where uh, it's too old. Um, home team normally gets that advantage. I think uh, there, there was a stat last night in the in the coverage of the Sydney Cairns game that it's only happened twice mm-hmm. uh, in in the NBL's history that that the away team has gone and actually stolen that that home game in game three. Um, so percentage wise, odds wise, it's against them. But like you've just identified, the Jack Jumpers are a team that. But they do that, these that things. Do this. Though. Yeah. yeah, they 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 do it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, look, it's 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 going to come down to who can who can out defense the other team, and 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 that's what we saw uh, in game two. Um, the Jack Jumpers just hassled them, um, and 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 it was terrific. They were able to get to their spots. Uh, so game three shapes as a as just an unbelievable game. And like I said, that afternoon, back to back games, um, both both winning teams through to the final. It's going to be huge, Jeevesy. We had so much um, more to talk about in this segment, but we've just gone full jack jumpers because we well, could just talk about it all show. But we better go to a break now, and we'll be back after this. We've got Jared Weeks <laughs> on the line, which has uh, happened fast for us. So, Jared, welcome, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making the time. No worries, guys. How are you doing? We're good. We're good. How are you? What time is it over there? I haven't even looked. Uh, not too bad. We're uh, currently in Melbourne. So uh, on our first stop off of the way, unfortunately, there's no direct flights from Hobart to oh, uh, yeah. Auckland. But Talk we about are it. on the plane again shortly. So, Weeksy, um, looking looking back through your journey, mate, as, a, as an NBL pro, you've you've had a stop in New Zealand with the Breakers. Um, is is there any intel you can share from that time? Obviously, a very different team, but uh, the franchise culturally is it the same? Same game style? Share us a, share with us a little bit about that time with the Breakers. Um, yeah, I kind of went through the, the breakers through their changeover period. Um, it's obviously a very different club now to when I started. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're very excited to have finals basketball back there on Spark Arena. And uh, we're expecting a you know, really tough game and, a, and an amazing crowd. And so after, after game two, you know, obviously would have been strong analysis on, on the win. How do, you, how do you then translate that into game three? Uh, the breakers will make changes. They'll, they'll adjust to your adjustments. Uh, that's playoff basketball. What can you expect heading, heading into the third game? Yeah, like you said, it's, um, it's adjustments on adjustments and then adjust on that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've got to go in and try and outwork these guys. They're obviously very good at home. Um, but, you know, it's a similar story to last year. We... Uh, we lost to Melbourne in game one and then went over there and won in game three. So, um, yeah, we're going to try and outwork these guys and, um, you know, hopefully come out of there with a win and have another grand final series. Absolutely. Weeksy, we were both there the other night um, to witness the win at home. It was absolutely amazing and we're so excited um, for you and hope that you guys can bring it back to the nest so we can 
keep it rolling and watch again. How does it feel to be in this position once again, you know, second year for the team in the finals? It just speaks so highly of your dedication as a team, um, the staff, the whole organisation just runs like such a well-oiled machine from what, you know, from what we see. How does it feel to be here again? Is there, is there excitement amongst the group? Obviously, probably some nerves, but it must feel pretty cool. Yeah, like you said, it's, uh, the club's been amazing. Um, to achieve what it has, not just on the court, but off the court, um, to encapsulate and you know, capture an entire state um, in two years and have you know back-to-back uh, semi-finals appearances is something that not a, a lot of clubs have achieved. Um, so you know to be able to build this from nothing and to create the culture that we have and to have the support of the state and to see them jump on board is something really special to be a part of. Weeksy, did you watch the Cairns and Kings game last night? And if so, what what did you make of that game? Yeah, I did. Uh, caught the end of it and I uh, went to bed at 10 o'clock for the 4am wake up which was fun. But, um, <laughs> it's a bad play. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, obviously a very flashy series. Um, you know, everyone's competing. You, you expect the semi-finals to kind of get like that. Um, it's going to be interesting, interesting to see what happens you know, with uh, with Cooks and, and uh, Suarez and Buford um, to see what yeah. happens over the next coming days to see who's available for them. Um, they're obviously going to be huge out this one or any of them are out so um, it'll be interesting but yeah again looking for another fiery game three um, and yeah it uh, should be hopefully a really good capped off series and so just just finally before we let you go and grab another coffee from the from the Melbourne airport try and keep yourself awake <laughs> there mate but um, give us just a, um, a little snapshot into uh, into game three what can you expect crowd New Zealand adjustments uh, what are you what are you planning for yeah, um, obviously you're expecting a jumping crowd um, Saturday afternoon over there and, you know, obviously going through the semi-finals, you expect it to be very close to full. Um, yeah, and like I said, they're going to make adjustments. Um, obviously, we had them on the back foot there in the, in the second half and um, I expect them to make some changes. Um, we will as well. We'll see what works for us, what we need to improve on. And, um, yeah, I think whichever team comes out and executes better is, is going to come out with a win. And can, can we expect to see Josh Majed on the court? <laughs> Tell me. Um, Hard to say. Yeah, Sorry. Nah, he... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to put you under the pump. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, uh, nah, I'm, I'm actually not too sure. I, I wouldn't think so. Um, obviously, when he had surgery six days ago, um, yep. I'm yeah. not too sure if he's actually been cleared to play. But um, we'd love to have him out there. He's a huge part of this team. And, you know, even when he's not on the floor he's on the bench with us and he's talking to the guys and letting us know what he sees he's um you know he's had experience all over the world and he's a phenomenal basketball player and has a a great basketball brain so any input from him is going to help us out that's the thing I love about watching you guys is even those on the bench that might not be getting time or might be injured, there's, you're all tower-waving for each other. You're all in it together. And it's, um, it's just awesome to see that you're back here. And congratulations and best wishes for tomorrow. We'll all be behind you. I mean, Tazzy's just turned green, of course. And, um, yeah, we, we all wish you the very best of luck and we know that you can do it. So, um, yeah, congratulations on making it this far once again. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can keep uh, keep Teddy green. Absolutely. Safe travels. Go Thanks, get mate. yourself another coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Fifth one of the day.
Yeah. <laughs> We're right there with you. What a legend, Jared Weeks. Yeah, absolutely awesome. amazing. Yeah, look, and he's the yeah, ultimate journeyman in the NBL. And it's part of, speaks to the culture of, of the Jack Jumpers, having someone of, of Jared's experience in the NBL coming on board with a Josh Majette, as Jared said, who's travelled the world playing yep. basketball, Will Magnay the same, um, and then, you know, all these uh, underdog role players who were just really hungry. So, um, yeah, phenomenal stuff. Can't wait for tomorrow. I can't wait. I just hope they can, they can get it done. Oh, I feel nervous for them. It's like, could you imagine? Second year in a row, finals. Like, Huge. this is just amazing. Anyway, Jeevesy, we better get to a break. We've got to get to news shortly, and we'll be back after this. Summer Tasmanian Racing Festival. How good, Jeevesy? Nice music to start Yeah, a bit of Tom Jones, a bit How of swing happening in the background. That had your head going left to right, which is good. It means, you know, the younger generation understands swing. This is good. Oh, I'm still so excited that we got to chat to Jared Weeks. What a legend for chatting to us on the way to New Zealand. Stop over in Melbourne, yeah, probably brilliant. five coffees deep. Good on him. Such a legend. Yeah, and that's uh, that's that's what the Jack Jumpers have, have done so well. <laughs> they've you know they've really embraced the community, so yeah. media opportunities, and yeah. uh, you know the, uh, they've got their northern uh, school run that mm. they do every it's year, uh, camps constantly. Um, so yeah, they've they've certainly got Tassie's heart at the moment. One sport we haven't spoken about in a while, Jeevesy, is soccer, or mm -hmm. some people would prefer me to say football. But a team from Tasmania is in contention to be part of an expanded A-League by the start of the 25-26 season. The Australian Professional Leagues intend to expand the A-League to 16 clubs, four more than the current 12-team model in the next three seasons. Well, it, it just has to happen. I mean, you know, the, <laughs> they... they all, all, the, all the major sporting codes would be kicking themselves that they weren't the first to do it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've, we've just spent the first 30 minutes of our show talking about the Jack Jumpers yeah. and their success. Exactly. Um, yeah. and, and so that, that's what the other codes have missed out on. Mm. Um, so it's, it's little wonder to, to now start reading that the A-League want to invest here in Tassie and that, you know, the mm. AFL licence looks like it will go ahead. Stadium, who knows? But... Um, the AFL have missed the boat by 10 years and so have the A-League. And, um, you know, hockey's uh, been terrific down here. Cricket have, has obviously always had a, um, a national presence, but there is a real thirst for, for state representation um, among the, the sporting community. So yeah. um, we, we'll start to see a lot of these codes now wanting to, wanting to you know, plant, plant a seed down here. I feel and, like everyone's you know, just getting in before the AFL. <laughs> Well, looking, <laughs> it just makes sense because yeah, you know, part, part of the challenge also with the AFL coming down is that it will eat so much of the funding. Mm. So all of the, uh, these, these grants um, that you spoke about before, once that licence kicks in, yeah. those, those little offerings, um, well, not little, but those offerings to, to uh, improve grassroots sports or you know, programs that will impact community sport, there, is, there just isn't financially going to be enough money to be able to cover a lot of those like mm. we've seen in the past. So um, I think everyone's aware that that's going to happen um, and everyone's willing to invest in footy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, certainly the Jack Jumpers have done it well and I, I think for that, that they'll, they'll be rewarded long term oh, 100%. Um, with yeah. 
with that loyalty from the Tasmanian public. Mm. And uh, speaking of, well, going to soccer, soccer, now going to the other football, soccer, what am I saying? I need another coffee. Now that going to the, the other football, your Hawks, new captain. Yeah, yep, James Sicily named uh, yesterday. How as, do you feel as about a it? I, look, I, I like it. I, I, I think like he, it? I think he represents well. He's tough. Um, he, you know, he, he's he's the sort of guy that that you would pick first because you know that you're going to get above and beyond. Mm. Um, we're getting how many? Um, do you know how many Hawk North games we're getting this year? Uh, I think I think it's Probably remained at four setup. each. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So eight eight games, four in in Lonnie and and four uh, down here in the south. Mm. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I think for the Hawks, Sicily's the guy. That the challenge for him, and certainly in the past, the challenge for him has been controlling um, his temperament. You know, so he's he's got a big mouth. Um, mm-hmm. He shoots it off. <laughs> uh, he's a pusher and a shover, and he you know he likes that physicality. Uh, as a skipper, you can't be the guy giving away the, the, the dumb 50-metre penalties. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's got to really set the standard there and, and, and choose his moments as to, you know, when, when he can enact that, that, that type of uh, tomfoolery. And what do you think he's bringing that the team might need? This season, well, for for them, it's 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 all about competitiveness. So you know they're going to be a really young team. Um, so James Sicily is obviously experienced. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's he's the guy with the experience. He's probably probably one of the most capped players um, across their squad at the moment. But he you know brings that experience. But he also brings the right style of play. You know, combative, 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 um, and composed as well and so mm-hmm. if you were you know if, if you wanted to pick attributes from a footballer in Hawthorne mm. you would take them all from James Sicily and you would implant them in 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 that really young group so uh yeah I, I, th- I think it was it was the right decision um but look it's it's going to be a hard year for the Hawks I think they're, they're mm. going to cop some smackings right they're going to play you. some great well <laughs> the ruse but they're going to play some good games of footy they'll play some great quarters of footy but there's going to be some some mess around that as well I got an email the other day from I think it was like my ESPN app saying you're ready for tipping again and I was like oh it's the time of year again <laughs> well it's that time the, the footy and soccer boots are on full display and it just comes and goes so fast yeah yeah and it's so funny because you're in the summer of cricket and then you're getting emails like you ready round one is and you're like what where did this come it's, from it's close yeah. oh it's nuts you'll be uh you'll be tipping again you'll have your your, te- your fantasy team <laughs> i didn't tip last year i'm a huge no i love fantasy you do your I fantasy. Love fantasy sports yeah um eight dynasty nba leagues and um yeah look i mean the the, the footy's huge as well super coach and yeah um you know the, the, the dynasty away, stuff so yeah, can't can't wait for the footy season. Maybe we need to have a um, a tipping comp with listeners. Something Not a bad idea. Like I'm, that. I'm, yeah, there, there, there would bound to be an SEN tipping comp. It's one that well, I'll look into now, and we could promote. Yeah, we need to have a we need to have a look into that. I'm sure Hutchie would have something going. Um, but do as always get involved in the show. We want to know what you're up to. You're watching the Jack Jumpers tomorrow. You're heading out to local sport today. Here you go. Make, Molly, oh, hang quickly, on. tipping.sen.com.au. Yeah, all right. I'll have to check go. it out. Jump Should on. have known that. Yeah. But do get involved in the show anytime. We're on 0437 552 And before we go to this break, um, we're talking about tipping. And we had a really sad um, passing of Dean Lester, expert tipster. Um, and, yeah, just, just want to say what an absolute shame. It's terrible. And to all those affected, um, his family and friends, our thoughts are with you um, over here from SEN. 
Yeah, it's never, it's never a good time no. at all. So um, our thoughts are with you. And we'll go to a break now and we'll be back after this with Bailey Kenzie from Wind News to give us the rundown of everything happening around the state. But we'll be back after this. Back for Taz Racing. Join the fun, this Tasmanian Summer Racing Festival, of course, coming to you live this morning from Intersport. How good. But joined by one of our favourites, Bailey Kenzie from Wind News. Welcome, Bailey. Morning, Holly. Morning, Jeezy. Hey, Bales. It's quite hot out there, Bailey. What's going on? It's stinking hot, isn't it? <laughs> Too hot for cricket, but... Shut so. it down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah call it You're off. Gonna Oh, yeah, call it off. You're going to tell us about it, though. Bailey, let's kick things off Premier Cricket. Tell us what's going on. Absolutely, Holly. Well, I won't touch too much on today, but obviously uh, there are a huge uh, number of ongoing Premier Cricket fixtures today. The important match, though, looms tomorrow. Lindisfarne are taking on North Hobart in the grand final of the Cooker Cup. So that's the first grade limited overs grand final. Really, really exciting contest, that one. A few Tiger stars are front and centre in that contest, so... Lindisfarne could boast up to five Cricket Tasmania contracted players. That would be in Charlie Wakem, Mac Wright, Ben McDermott, Jared Freeman and Nathan Ellis, all who are potentially available for them. And meanwhile, for North Hobart, it's Ian Carlisle, Tom Rogers, Jordan Silk uh, and Caleb Jewell, who could potentially play for the D. So if all those players turn out for each team, it's pretty difficult to say which way that one will go. Both bowling attacks apart from their contracted players, are far weaker than the batting lineup. So predicting a pretty high-scoring contest in the grand final over there at Lindisfarne Oval. So if you're in town and you want to go along, that final kicks off at 10.30 with the 11s for each side likely to be revealed later today. And Bales, I can, I can tell you now, I can give you some ins and outs. Uh, Caleb Jewell is playing in the final. Ben McDermott is playing in the final. Mac Wright is playing in the final. Jordan Silk is not playing in the final. Uh, Tom Rogers is not playing in the final. Nathan Ellis is not playing in the final. Jared Freeman will play, and Charlie Wakeem will play in the final. So some big outs there for that game. Ellis, Silk, and Rogers all out yeah, okay. of that match. So even more so, it would suggest that it's going to be a pretty high-scoring contest, particularly mm. with them losing losing Ellis. I think that'll be a Absolutely. very yep. interesting game over there, and it's a, um, a pretty well-deserved effort for North Hobart. They've been and Lindisfarne for that matter. They've been some of the sort of sustained uh, success stories of the CTPL over the last few years, always hovering around the top four. So some good rewards for them. Uh, also worth touching on Tasmania's men's uh, cricket side in the Marsh Cup, which sort of feeds into some of those ins and outs in the Premier teams uh, in the Premier final. It was totally sort of contrasting stuff for the Tassie men earlier in the week, contrasting to the Tassie women who've been so successful. And that's putting it lightly. They lost by 103 runs in the Marsh Cup with the Blues also taking the bonus point there too. It was a chance for them to actually play for the Marsh Cup and they completely bottled it. They were undone by the likes of Adam Zampa, Sean Abbott and Chris Green. It was a batting card that was sort of chock full of starts. Jewel run a ball 20, Doran 31, Silk 16, Mack Wright 32, Webster 21. So starts everywhere. Uh, a bit of a silver lining for the Tigers of sorts. Those two fast bowlers who, Jeeves, you just mentioned, won't turn out in the final, Tom Rogers and Nathan Ellis, they both stood up in that Marsh Cup fixture. Uh, Rogers, 4 for 62 for, uh, from his 10. Ellis, 4 for 59 from his 9.5. So it's actually a chance for Tasmania to play some of their younger players on their list in their last Marsh Cup fixture now that they can't mathematically make the final. Uh, that comes against WA next week. So... 
uh, yeah, definitely a chance for them to play some of their younger members of the squad, thinking the likes of Nick Davis and Mitch Owen, who've been really impressive in Premier cricket, could be a chance for Tasmania to blood them in the Marsh Cup. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, Mitch Owen and Nick Davis uh, are probably the two, I think, that, that, that clearly stand out across Premier League cricket. Uh, young Sam Voss is doing some good stuff as well down with Sal Hobart, Sandy Bay. He's a year younger than, than those two boys. But, uh, yeah, that, that, that'll be interesting to see what, what, what plays out there. Bars, what's, uh, what's next on your agenda? Got a bit of Lonnie Cup news, Jeevesy. So a bit of horse racing news. Big name jockey Damien Oliver will feature in the Lonnie Cup riding a horse named... Pink Beauty. So that's pink with three eyes in the name. It's a bit of an interesting one there. Oh, that's why you went pink. Yeah, I thought maybe <laughs> you just got stuck. <laughs> the horse is entering in with some pretty solid, for, uh, solid form. It's partly owned locally in Launceston. So nice to have a high-profile name in the Lonnie Cup, and I'm sure it'll be a big day up in the north next Wednesday. Big day in the in the Young Racing Tasmania tent, I'm sure, and big day for Tas Racing as well. Are you guys popping up? Yeah, I'll be there working. Uh, I'll be in YRT. It's not a not a um, bad day of work, just quietly in the YRT marquee. So, you know, not it's to rub it in the, or anything. One of the better days on the working calendar, I'm oh, sure. So, absolutely. It'll be good fun. A bit, of, a bit of a TSL update as well. So there's been a few questions sort of raised during the week to AFL Tasmania around their fixturing of the TSL. There's been um, sort of a few reasons for what's been described as a delayed fixture at this point. A few eyebrows raised in and around the footballing community. The Mercury newspaper actually got comments from TSL manager Andy Bennett confirming that a fixture will be released in the coming weeks. Um, part of the reason that's been delayed is AFL Tasmania are really uncertain around Glenorchy's future in the competition. But there have been fixtures developed uh, for both a six and a 17 competition. So... Interesting to note that AFL Tasmania, they've already prepared that contingency plan in the event that the Pies can't get a side up. Some Bales, any, Pies, sorry, sorry to cut you off, any, any update yeah. on Glenorchy? Is that where you were headed there? Sorry if you were. Yeah, absolutely. Bang on, Jeeves. That's right where I was heading. So they've got a deadline for a decision as to whether they field one team and where that team is going to be placed, whether it'll be in the TSL or the Dev League. That deadline is this week, this coming week. Um, so mm. we'll have answers as to whether the 2016 Premiers are set to feature at all in the TSL in 2023. The last update was that there were around 25 players training with the squad, um, but that really does not boast a number enough to put up even one team, let alone two. Oh, it doesn't. So, nah, that, that no. doesn't shape up. Well, one of the challenges there, Bales, with only having one team is what happens if you miss out. Mm-hmm. Who do you play for? Where do you go? You, you, um, you lose that connection to the club. Um, you might as well not play. You know, so if you're going to miss out on that one team, you might as well go and play a claim on for the year. So that is, that mm-hmm. is the challenge, and that will be the mindset of players that do miss out on round yeah. one if they only have the one team. Clearly, they're not getting two teams bars out you know, with 25 to 30 on the track. That's just not going to happen. This deadline. So really disappointing stuff for them, and I guess um, if they do end up fielding just a team in the, in the Dev League, they lose that sort of brand and that image of being a TSL and the funding as really well. yeah. attention. Yep. Yep. This deadline, Bailey, is it your feeling that it, that that's really set in stone? Like there a, a concrete decision will be made then or is it going to be like more things in the <laughs> more discussions around the AFL and then it'll get pushed out and pushed out and dragged on or do you really think next week no, there will be a decision? My gut, my gut feeling is this will be a firm decision mm. one way yep. or the other from the TSL and Glenorchy. They've been uh, well, AFL Tasmania and Glenorchy. They've been in contact for some weeks now, obviously a change of president 
uh, coming on board for Glenorchy has sort of progressed things along somewhat with a few more players on the track, but with the season really creeping up on them, uh, they're going to have to make a decision one way or the other, and I believe they'll be made this week. Yeah, okay. Well, you let us know what that decision is when you find out. <laughs> but before you go, um, Bailey, you got an update on the A-League. We were talking about it earlier as well. Yeah, really exciting news. The article came out in News Corp yesterday. Um, there's some talk from the big dogs at Football Australia that a team from Tasmania is really a possibility with the expansion of the A-League. So those early reports indicate that a team could feature, a Tassie team could feature as soon as 2025-2026. So yeah. over the course of, of recent weeks, Tasmania has obviously played host to Western United with uh, fixtures in the north, but also in the south of the state with that double header at North Hobart Oval just a couple of weeks ago. So Danny Townsend, the APL chief executive, says that the competition has a long-term preference that Western United sticks to its home stadium and that Tasmania has its own AFL, uh, A-League team. rather. So they've really sent a message out strong that the, the league's preference is for Tasmania to have its own team. So we're only at the stage of... It's very early stage talks. We're not at that, at that stage where the degree of contention comes out with all the funding and those those kind of talks but it's exciting news with the confirmation from the league that Tasmania is sort of in the frame to have its own A-League team. And Bales, what, what, what are you hearing on the AFL licence and the and the stadium? I think, you know, Holly and I were chatting before oh, that, talking about it. that it's um, it's excellent, you know, Jack Jumpers have, have, have made the jump. Uh, Larry Kesselman planted the seed here. The Jack Jumpers have grown into something really special. Now everyone wants a piece of the Tasmanian pie um, do you think that, 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 that by 2026, 2027, we'll see an A-League and an AFL team running around? Uh, it's hard to say at the moment, Jeevesy, because what we are hearing from the AFL and the state government, for that matter, is absolute radio silence on this front. So mm. I think we'll Not know surprised. more next week. Next Thursday, <laughs> Gil McLaughlin's due to come down and meet with the Tasmanian Industry Tourism Council at a function uh, at Princess Wharf 1, I believe. So... That'll perhaps firm up some of the talks, but it looks like the can is again getting kicked further and further down the road. I do, I do hope it's for more than the more than the function. Hopefully, there are some, some yeah, meetings. Yeah, I mean, what are you coming down for? Just to go to Mac One and sip yeah, tea, or what's I mean, it go? You, you you would hope that there are some some meetings surrounding that to you know really start to solidify um, some of this because what, it's a bit what's, of a joke now, really, isn't what, it? Yeah, I mean, Holly's kind of summed it up in in, in terms of the public opinion. What are you coming opinion. down for? What are you coming down for in Mac One? What to sit with your mates and have a cup of tea? Get the decision, mate. I think the conference mate. is going to be slightly more than just chatting about uh, chatting shop with with tourism leaders. I think there is going to be Christ. some talk about how the. Jeez, Holly's uh, angry, Bailey. Bailey, but Bailey, yeah, I'm actually glad you're not here. Holly's fuming oh, right I'm just now. Sick of steam it. coming how out many, of ears. How many times are you going to kick the can down the road? This has been happening for years. Hundred more times. It's just like it's honestly. <laughs> they must just think that we're idiots. Like, mm. come on, get a decision, mate. Yeah. Get on with it. We've been, I mean, remember when the timeline was August last year? Yeah. Or as in 2022? Yeah. Yeah. We're now nearly in March. Bailey, can you make the decision? This is, this is my favourite Holly. Angry Holly is the best Holly. Wow. I'm just over it. Give us a team. It's just a joke. <laughs> is anyone with me? Are you with me? Uh, look, I mean, not, not as angrily, but yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely with you. We're right behind you. That's for sure. Oh. Bales, any, uh, any, any parting thoughts, mate, before we let you go and uh, prepare for your game against Clarence today, who, who were very slow last week in 250 off their 96 overs? No, that's pretty much everything uh, for me, JZ. Right, Clarence were very slow. They're nine for 247, so we're going to look to take that last wicket 
whack the pads on and, and chase that down. So Jake Doran and, and Tim Ward, I believe, are coming back in for uni. So a few big ins for them. Um, but no, no, no final thoughts. I think that's just about everything in local sporting news this week. Good well, man. You're a legend, Bailey. You have a great weekend and we look forward to chatting with you same time, same place next week. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Bales. We'll be back after this. Right, welcome back to the show for Taz Racing. Join the fun this Tasmanian Summer Racing Festival. Jeevesy, how good is it? We're joined by Tom Rogers. Tom, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on. No, of course. Now, Tom, first uh, off the rank, I read that you were playing this weekend. Now I'm hearing whispers you might not be. You playing or you're not playing? Um, yeah, I, I got that email as well that I wasn't playing, but uh, no, <laughs> I've always planned on playing. And, uh, oh, you are playing. Out there there you with go. The lads. We've got um, we've got a cr- good crew together, and um, whenever Silky and um, Caleb Jewell come back to club cricket, it's always a good time. The boys love them a bit. Well, I'm happy to hear that you are playing because um, yeah, when I when I heard that, I was a bit disappointed. So happy that you are playing this weekend. Um, so good luck with that, and congratulations. Uh, so, and Thank Bucky, you. so Silky's playing as well. Yep, Silky's playing. Caleb Jewell's playing. I think on the other side, Max Wright and Ben McDermott and Charlie yeah. Wake and Jared Freeman are playing. So there's a good mix amongst the, um, the, the in-and-out talent as well. Week in, week oh, out. Well, I've, I've been given bad oil there. You have been yeah, given bad I, oil. I, we should have got Tom on earlier. <laughs> I, spru- <laughs> I spruked all the outs, Tom, and uh, excellent that you've been able to <laughs> you know, rectify that for us live, which is terrific. Mate, um, That's all right, mate. You must be on the, the hot email list. There's a few I, I, was, I, I was on the email list, absolutely. Hey, um, bad, bad result uh, during the week in Sydney. Um, all out 190 chasing... Chasing 290. Talk us through the game, uh, the, the, the good, the bad. Your own form was good, four for 60. Dan Hughes was mm. hot. And then the batting uh, just just let the team down. Yeah, I think, um, I guess going from start to finish, I think we, um, overall, we're probably pretty happy with our bowling innings to keep them under 300 at North Sydney Oval, being mm. quite a small ground and quite a true wicket. Um, we probably started a little bit too full and, and when we did miss with the ball, we missed a little too full and got hit down the ground with some quite easy to execute shots. Um, we, we sort of re-evaluated after a few overs and, and brought our length back and, and got a few rewards there and, and that, that was a pretty good spot to be for the entire inning um, after that point. Um, so we were pretty happy heading in at the, at the inning break um, and then unfortunately the batting didn't quite go uh, the way we would have we liked it to. What was what was the issue with the batting? Um, a lot of starts, um, but some, some some real sluggish run rates. Did the did the wicket change, or just some real clamps from the from the New South Wales uh, bowling unit? Um, oh, it might, might have been a combination of factors. I think uh, you know I, I like to trust the batting group um, that they they've gone into the game prepared, and, and I trust their skills that they can execute. I've, I've seen them all execute on that stage before. Um, I guess the thing for me as a bowler that I can quickly look at is um, there was there was going to be 30 overs that were going to be extremely hard to score off, and that's mm. Adam Zampa, Chris Green, and Sean Abbott. Um, I think all three of those are, are quality bowlers, but at the moment they're they're coming in some, some pretty hot form. Zampa in the last three years pretty much has been in that hot form. Zamp uh, Abbott coming off the big bash, I think he was able to extract. Um, some 
some movement off any wicket that came his way in the big bash. So uh, there was there was always going to be some tough uh, tough battles there for the batting group. Um, but yeah, some some interesting outcomes. I'm sure they would have liked some more positive ones. Now, Buck, from a from a life perspective, mate, are you are you back on the tools as a teacher, or are you managing yourself uh, through the end of the cricket season as a as a pro cricketer? Because by day you're a teacher, by night you're a, a domestic cricketing superstar. How how are you navigating all of that? Um, yeah, it, it's been uh, it's been quite busy after after the big back period. To be honest, it's um, we we made um, well, the first or the second final and in the big bash, so that went all the way up till uh, the start of the school year so so got on the plane back from Melbourne um, and went back into the classroom first day back um, <laughs> and they've been they've been nice enough to let me have a couple of more days off to go play this one day up in Sydney fortunately the next one day is Sunday week it's already so I won't have to take any days off work but um, still balancing it out at the moment and, and it's going great so hopefully everyone keeps letting me do that I don't know how you do both. Is it which one? Which one feels like the outlet, the the teaching or the cricket? <laughs> um, it, it it honestly changes from time to time. Um, like, like everyone, we we yeah. have our good and our bad days at work. I reckon. <laughs> um, yeah. So so sometimes a day off from either lands on one of those bad days, and you're pretty happy about it. Um, <laughs> but but overall, overall, I'm I'm pretty happy with, with both. Um, with both jobs, so I'd like to keep them rolling. Yeah. Bucky, are you are you able to use your experience to, to impact the younger players uh, in and around cricket um, throughout Australia? So, you know, you have your teaching degree, which has which has helped you you know transition a little bit from cricket. You're unfortunate to to, to be out of contract, um, got a you know stellar deal with the Renegades in the BBL, but you've had that teaching degree to fall back on, uh, which has obviously been really helpful for you. So to me, that, that that's a real blueprint for, for all young aspiring professional athletes. Are you are you sharing those experiences with the youngsters? Yeah, I I, I can can do or try to, but it, it's such an interesting changing landscape all the time. I remember when when I when my brother went through this and my brother's mm. seven years older than me he went through mm. the rookie stage age at 18 or 19 and their their wage was fifteen thousand dollars so yeah. they they kind of had to have something something else going on where whereas now it's it's pretty much a full-time whack of cash when as soon as they come out of school so um it's it, it'd be tough to have that foresight i guess um but uh for guys who are definitely on the fringes um I tend to have perhaps some some honest conversations from time to time because mm. I can think pretty plainly about the whole firing and sacking caper of it all because yeah. I've been through it, um, which, you know, some people mention being sacked and it's kind of taboo to mention, but in this, in this uh, industry, it's just part and parcel. Um, but the... Fortunately, we've we've got a really good players association, and and the state associations are on board with giving players the time to to go and study and work, and, and they actually encourage that quite heavily as well. So, I think I think the young players are in a, actually a really healthy spot to be able to do that, have it paid for, and earn an income at the same time. Absolutely, Tom. I always like to ask as well. Obviously, um, you've been involved with cricket for such a long time um, here in Tassie, and uh, as someone that um, young people would look up to, who was it that you looked up to when you were starting out playing cricket? Was it like did you someone in your family play, or I'm always interested to find out how it came to be. Yeah, I, I think the closest 
the closest one for me, I was really lucky to have an older brother and yeah. one that wasn't just two or three years above me. Um, yeah. So he, he was seven years above me, so there was quite a, a difference in the landscape and, and he was able to go through, experience the whole thing uh, by the age of 21. In yeah. The whole thing being being hired on a rookie contract, then being stacked at 20. And, you know, at that, at that time, I've gone from 11 to 14 years of age. Um, so he, he was able to kind of navigate those waters for me, um, which, which I was really grateful for, and then you know, make, make the contacts in different states and with different coaches um, mm. to, to put me on a better path moving forward and, and definitely encourage me to pursue the academic side of things whilst we were going along. Yeah, and that, that, that actually makes sense now. I, now I reflect back, back on, you know, because jo- Johnny was uh, part of the squads that I was in with, with Tassie, um, which kind of reflects my age a oh, little bit as well, tongue, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sadly, but, um, but you know, for, for, for Johnny, he, he was always really smart in having something away from cricket that, uh, that he was working towards. And, I mean, he's a geologist now, you know, making unbelievable uh, cash back in WA. And if anything, was probably sacrificing really good money to, to pursue cricket um, at that age, so you know that that's in line with those family values, I guess, for you. And you've been able to look at Johnny and and understand how hard it is, and you've been able to map out a plan for yourself. Yeah, I would have liked some of his batting abilities and academic abilities <laughs> a little bit more, but um, unfortunately, someone's got to bowl the others. Oh, I think you're doing just fine. And we look. Um, I'm excited to see how you go this weekend. How are you feeling ahead of the game? Yeah, we've. Um, I think we've got a really good vibe amongst the group, actually. Uh, like good. I said earlier, when, when Silky and Caleb Jewell come back into the group, there's a fair bit of excitement. Um, you know, Silky's got a fair, a fair rap sheet when it comes to cricket now. He, he's really turned into one of the most experienced and successful players on the domestic team, and especially in the Big Bash. Um, and I think he's, he's hitting the ball really nicely at the moment. Um, and and the and the boys, to their credit, they don't mind um, taking the Mickey out of a couple of them and, and making them feel right at home as well. So it's it's a nice feel for tomorrow. Tommy, before we let you go, mate, um, let's just chat about the the Renegades experience um, quickly. Uh, how how was the BBL for you? And, and and tell us a little bit about the change from the Hurricanes to the uh, to the Renegades. Mm. Um, yeah, I guess overall, I, I really enjoyed my time. Um, I, I really like playing with cricketers that I haven't had a whole heap to do with before. I guess for me, I grew up in Canberra, moved to Sydney and then down to Tasmania. So I, I know guys from a couple of different states quite well. Um, but the Victorians I haven't really played with before. Um, so Aaron Finch, Sean Marsh, John O'Wells, Kane Richardson, for example, they, those were guys who I've played a lot of cricket against but haven't played with before, and I was really keen to, to see how they went about it. And, um, and it's quite different, actually, comparing the Renegade setup to the Hurricane setup. I think I'm fortunate as well to experience a couple of different coaches in Big Bash setups now. I've had Gary Kirsten, Adam Griffith, a little stint with the Sixers um, as well, and it, it's fascinating to see the different approach from coaches to get the most out of their players. Do you um, have a well-structured program with, with necessary trainings, with full um, attendance, or do you, do you make things optional around a lot of games and, and try to keep the players as happy as possible? Um, so that was pretty fascinating as well. Which is which is your preferred option? Would you would you rather be regimented, or do you like to run your own show? 
Uh, I think at this stage, uh, being 28 and, and having gone through the experience a couple of times now, I, I think I'm old enough and to, to make the decisions that work best for me and that will allow me to prepare best and perform best. Um, I think being a younger player, uh, probably a little more guidance um, in how to go about it would be appreciated, I reckon. And, and so just one, one last one, because I, I'm, I'm always fascinated by, uh, by your journey, Buck, because I think as a, as, as a Red Bull player, you've been grossly um, undervalued across the last few years. Is that, is that something that you're still aspirational for, um, shield, shield cricket, or are you just looking and focusing on white ball cricket? Um, I think, uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was a heavy focus point. Uh, in the past, but I think uh, when I lost my contract about 18 months ago, I saw the big opening um, in the state as, as a death bowler. Nellis, Ellis has obviously tied down that spot well and truly, but I was pretty keen to um, do, do the job at the other end um, and do it as well as possible to see what could what could come of things across the country or, or, or um, internationally. Um, but I think uh, I think at the moment I'll, I'll try my hand and try and put my best foot forward in, in playing a bit of cricket across the globe. But I've really enjoyed um, playing T20 and, and what one-day cricket. Um, I just just find the format super exciting. Um, so at, at the moment, I'm focused on that and um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Best of luck out there this weekend. It's going to be a bloody stinker, so I feel sorry for you guys out there. <laughs> You're white, there's no chance. I'll be under the air con. Uh, but I, I will watch, and, um, and very best of luck to you, and we hope, uh, we hope you bring it home. So well done. Thank you so much for your time, guys. Cheers, Buck. Thanks, Tom. We'll be back after this break. That's right, GFC, back for Saturdays in Tassie. Join the fun at this Tasmanian Summer Racing Festival. Coming to you live, of course, from Intersport and kindly joined by the president of the Hobart Chargers, owner of McKay Timbers, Brett McKay. Welcome to the show. Yeah, g'day, Holly. G'day, Brett. How are you? Hey, mate. We're pretty good. We're pretty good. Thank you for joining us. Um, first, uh, first cab off the rank, I think we should ask, did you go to the game the other night, the Jackies? No, I didn't get to the game, but I was glued to the TV at home watching it, cheering upon <laughs> like any man's business, and uh, it was a fantastic result the way they were able to carve them up in those last three, four minutes, really. Yeah, it was a ripper, and it's um, it's a bit sad. Obviously, we're drawing to the, the close of the NBL season, but we, was, we were speaking with um, Stewie last week in that Tasmanians can be excited that off the back of the NBL season, of course, the NBL one will roll in and get down to support the Hobart Chargers. What do we have to look forward to? Well, again, like you're quite correct with the NBL season and hopefully the uh, Jackies can go all the way through to the last dance, so to speak. So we we're trying so. to give them a uh, very clear run and not engage with the uh, possibilities out of the jack jumpers at the moment. We just don't want them focusing on anything else but uh, their own stuff. So we hope to make some uh, more announcements around that in the future. Um, but really, for the Hobart Chargers, we're, we're well underway with getting ready for the season. <clears throat> As we said, we've got um, this year we're playing at the Hobart Netball and Sports Centre for our 10 games. Uh, last season when we had the four games there, we sold it out every every game. So look, yeah, again, I encourage everyone, all the corporates there, we've only got six boxes left available for the whole season. So anyone who's uh, interested in that sort of thing can contact me and uh, we hope to get many corporates on board as possible to back us up. Brady, how can how can corporates contact you? Have you got an email? 
that we can spruik now? Yeah, you Facebook can um, page. It, uh, and we can put it up later because we're updating our website at the moment, so we'll have ticketing okay. very soon and memberships very soon. But uh, easy uh, contact for me is Brett McKay at HobartCharges.com.au. Easy done. Now, mate, uh, on the back of last year, uh, very successful, um, and the inclusion of, of Sam McDaniel into the system. And I, I know you don't want to speak about the Jack Jumpers and potential player. Uh, engagement um, heading into the new season, but Sam McDaniel is is a real success story for that relationship. So, you know, I would imagine that that you know players who aren't necessarily getting you know huge offensive chops um, would would look at Sam McDaniel's story and actually want to come back and 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 play a part in the Chargers because it's really ap- impacted his development and and growth uh, as an offensive player. Yeah, look, Sam's a fantastic guy on the court, but he's even better off the court around the young players. And that's the sort of thing a community club and a pathway club like the Hobart Chargers look for. He's certainly someone that you'd have to say you'd be talking to, but like as we said, we'd give them clear air until the end of their season. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we do have to talk as well about um, women's basketball because I know you have a personal invested interest in growing women's basketball in the state. Tell us a little bit about why that's so meaningful to you and why um, you are putting so much energy into that over at the Chargers. Look, I I think, especially in the women's basketball, you know, you go way back when when the Chargers were uh, struggling a little bit and one of the options the flag were maybe that we don't have a women's program and... uh, Mm. My my two daughters had befriended Kathleen Shear and Kayla George at the time they were playing, and basically said, "Well, we need to get involved. How can get involved to help?" And uh, this led to that. And next thing, we're on the board, and now the naming rights sponsor and the president of the club. Because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a true believer in equalisation, and um, we're, we're all the same. So why shouldn't we have a pathway for our young women to be playing into WNBL? with a goal to play WNBA if they want. No different to what our boys have now got with the Jack Jumpers. Yeah. With with that in mind, what is what is the progression of of that thought bubble uh, bubble? Obviously a w, WNBL team is is the goal. How do we achieve that? Oh look we were very fortunate last year with the support of the Tassie government to get uh, Southside down for a game. Uh, unfortunately yeah. we weren't able to get that across the line this season. And uh, it would have been fantastic to have Southside back down here with uh, the GOAT, of course. Um, but unfortunately, we weren't able to get that this season. But I'm still working with Southside as, as one of the teams who have expressed the interest um, and the Tassie government. And we're really hoping to set up some sort of partnership arrangement in the not-too-distant future to try to get WML back down here next season for a couple of games at least. Mm, we'd love to see that. We'd definitely, um, yeah, definitely be keen to see more women's basketball. And we love that um, you are pushing that. And I think there, there are many, many clubs that could take a leaf out of your book and you've gone full hammer and tong to really push that home. Um, how you, you speak of the community last year and last season and the community getting behind the team. Are you seeing that now in the lead up as well? People, are you feeling a buzz and excitement as well around for the NBL one? Obviously, everyone's still focused on the Jackies, but there is a lot to be excited about. Oh, there is a lot to be excited about. Like, like we say, with the jack jumpers on fire as they are, it's very hard to uh, to get any traction. Um, but with the programs we've already got, you know, we've got big Ollie signs, so that's an excitement. You're seeing the two hand slams all every night. Um, yeah. We've got some really good names that we've got contracts out to, and I'd be expecting to make um, player announcements from next week. Um, yeah. But, you know, for the community side, 
we're engaged in the community over the last six months. The club, through um, our partnerships and our players, and, and that have done over 108 clinics already, and we've had three 3,300 and change of participants for those clinics. So we're, we're going to be ramping up when our players get here, and um, yeah, we really are embedded in that community, and that's how we want to be. Brett, I'm, I'm, I'm curious around um, the funding scenario for the clinics. Is that, is that BTAS aligned or is that Jack Jumpers or is that just you and the corporate partners coming together to, to be able to provide those game development opportunities? We've got partnerships with BTAS, partnerships with the Jack Jumpers and, and the state government. So everyone's involved to certain degrees uh, around it. But, you know, these ones are, that I've put out there, they're, they're the charges clinic. Um, and then you do have the Jack Jumpers clinics that are, that are running as well, and we have shared clinics with the Jack Jumpers, and we've shared arrangements with um, BTAGs through the school holiday clinics. So we're, we're all in it for basketball. Um, that's got to be number one, is making basketball the number one sport in Tasmania, and that's, that's everyone's goal. Yeah, I see, which was going to lead to my next question. You know, it must be heartening to, to know that there is such collaboration in basketball at the moment. And I guess um, for you guys in the Chargers, maybe there was some concern when the Jack Jumpers came in that that might impact your state government funding. It might impact your relationship with, with, with BTAS and your relationship with the community. That, that hasn't happened at all. It sounds like that's actually grown, if anything. Yeah, look... Everyone's worked very hard on it. We won't say there weren't hurdles in the road because all these things, it's all new. There's bound to be a couple of hiccups, but you've just got to keep your eye where the focus is. And, and all, all of us are really just focusing on pathways and, and getting the young Tasmanian boys and girls off the couch, out on the basketball court and leading a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're so excited. I'm, I'm personally excited as well to see particularly how the women's goes and the, the player announcements coming in the next couple of weeks. So we'll need to get you on um, again, Brett, too, because we want to know first who the, who's going to make up the charges this year and we're really looking forward to it. So if you are listening and you want to get involved at a corporate level or, um, or get behind the team, please do so. Contact Brett McKay at the Hobart Charges. And thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you very much. Um, we'll hopefully get some guys, the coaches back on. You don't need the guy from the engine room. You need the guys out. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to those player announcements. I want to know now. But, uh, yeah, we are loose lips sink ships and they are keeping... Keep they, it, keep uh, tight. They, yeah. they are keeping that tight until uh, the jack jumpers, you know, we see what happens with, uh, with Sunday. So thank you very much. Uh, Brett McKay from the Hobart Chargers. You're an absolute legend. And we'll be back after this break. Welcome to the show. Thank you guys for having me. I mean, I, I, we have to start with, of course, getting into through to the home finals in a week's time. How are you feeling about that? It's yeah, it's massive and so exciting for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're pumped. Um, you know, first time ever at a final last year, and it was the home final, so we were very um, very keen to to lock it in again this year, and and. Um, yeah, we're just we're really looking forward to getting out there and a, a day-night game as well, which is exciting. Yeah, really exciting. Emma, something really special happened in that last final. Can you share with us what happened? <laughs> uh, we won. And? 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 Um, I was lucky enough to, to make my first WNCL 100 um, last year in the final, which was, uh, yeah... There it is. I knew I knew I could get it out of you. That 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 must bring back some pretty cool memories. So you secured the final. You've got a full week to to prepare. 
Uh, share with us some memories from, from last year because it's a really special achievement. 100 in a final, uh, 100 in a winning final. It's uh, incredible. The, the, the first. Uh, talk, talk us through that. Um, oh, I mean, I don't really remember a whole lot from the, the day, to be honest. It's all just a bit of a blur. Um, but, I mean, for me personally, having my, my family there um, on my, my home soil, the place that I've you know, grown up, um, you know, watching my idols play on and watching the Hurricanes and the Tigers play on, um, that was that was pretty special. And uh, to be out in the middle with Elise Villani as well while she made her 100 um, and putting on one of the biggest partnerships, I think, in WNCL history, just, I mean, yeah, I still don't really have too many words to describe it. It's still puts a massive smile on the face and gives you goosebumps. So, um, yeah, if we can, you know, do that again this year, that would be great. And if it's someone else <laughs> out in the middle, if, you know, if Lizelle Lee goes out there and makes a double ton um, in 20 overs, then that would be awesome. So, Emma, you're, you've got the luxury of, of a week off pretty much, prepare, train, rest, recuperate. Uh, as mm-hmm. all that happens, South Australia and Queensland are, are, are really battling it out to see who will play you in the, in the final. Um, South Australia defeated Queensland yesterday. Are you, are you keeping yep. a close eye on that throughout the week or are you just kind of parking it off to the right and, and focusing you know, purely on what you can control? Uh, I mean, personally, I'm definitely having a look at it just to um, see how they're going, I guess. Um, I mean... Ultimately, we'll, we'll play whoever whoever comes down here. Um, I'm sure some people have their, their team that they would rather play, but um, I mean, at the end of the day, we just need to, to focus on us and, and our plans, and we know that regardless of who comes down, um, you know, we stick to our, our Tigers brand of cricket and we know the blueprint on, on Blunston um, now. So just, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just sticking to us and whoever comes down, then... Um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a, a good, good battle. And what 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 are you learning from Elise Villani at the moment? She's uh, she scored 290 in her last two innings and hasn't been dismissed. What what can you take away from from that? What's what's really stuck out to you? Oh, she's just so clear on her plans um, to each bowler. Um, she's obviously a fair, like an amazing batter um, and can can take on anyone, but she. In our batting meeting, she's like, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, this is my, my danger ball and this is how I'm going to uh, counteract that. So she just she's so clear on her friends. And when she's out in the middle, it's um, it's just you and you and her or her and her other batter and it's um, find a way to get through it. She's just such a, a battler and um, I think because she does plan so well and she's prepared for basically anything that could throw at her, she's so... She's so calm and um, just no one seems to phase her out in the middle. So, mm. um, yeah, she is just the ultimate professional uh, to me, and, really. And you, you would have been keeping a close eye on the on the WPL auction that, that took place during the week. Did you put your mm-hmm. hand up for, for a slice of that or are you holding off for next year? Uh, no, I definitely didn't put my name in this year. Um, I... To be honest, I didn't even um, think about it, really. Um, I think I'm not necessarily 
played too many games in, in our big bash just yet, so looking to hopefully make an impact in, in that tournament first and then, um, yeah, one day we'll, we'll see what happens. It would be, it'd be amazing to go over there and, and play um, in that tournament. But for now, I mean, my teammate Lizelle Lee didn't even get picked up. So, <laughs> I mean, um, I think she was pretty stiff not to go, but mm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, next couple of years, we'll see. Well, for right now, it's eyes on the prize for next weekend. Emma, thank you so much for joining the show, and we really look forward to seeing how you go. We know that you you girls can do it, so very best of luck um, for next weekend. We'll be cheering you on. Awesome. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, Thanks Emma. and we'll be back after this. That's right, Jeepsy, back nearing the end of the show. This has gone really fast today. I've got to say, some really great people. who haven't we spoken to today? I know, is, I know. Is probably That would be easier to cover off. We yeah. had Jared Weeks, who was tremendous was chatting awesome. to him. Yep. Absolute uh, NBL stalwart. Tom Rogers was terrific. And I've got he's to say, such a nice guy. I've got yeah. to say with Tom Rogers, here's a message to all domestic uh, cricketing states out there. Someone signed Tom Rogers to a contract because his red ball cricket, and as I said to him, is so, has been so undervalued uh, for a number of years now. I think Cricket Tasmania made a blunder in, in getting him off contracts. Um, for him, it's, it's probably been really good ba- balance in being able to teach BBL, play some one-day cricket. But um, Tommy Rogers is one of the great competitors. He gives 200% of himself to every single delivery. He's a gun in the field. He's good with the bat. I'm just blown away that, that there isn't a shield role for him somewhere. And I, I, I would be picking him for Tassie personally, but um, and I've I felt that way for a while. So, he was a good chat. Yep, if you're a domestic uh, cricket list manager out there and you're listening, get Tom <laughs> Rogers on board because he is a gun. Emma Maddox was terrific. Always great hearing about local Tasmanians succeeding. Yeah, it's um, great. Her 100 last year you know, goes down in the in the pantheon of, of great Tasmanian performances. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Phenomenal. Yeah, lovely. So, yeah, we, we've spoken to them all today. Yeah, we really have. But we haven't spoken much about Test Match Day 1 and your thoughts on the team. Obviously, Kuhneman uh, picked over Bolin, head in for Renshaw. What are your thoughts so far? I, uh, like I said, this... I just feel like Twitter is just blowing up since uh, the, the test started. And, yeah, I don't know. There seems to, <laughs> seems to be a lot of disarray and a lot of differing opinions, as there always is about selections. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel like David Warner's position is, is the one that's, that's causing the most angst. So mm. if, you, if, you're, if you remove David Warner from that team... And, look, you know, the other part in this as well is a lack of Cam Green. So if you've got Cam Green batting in the middle order... And he, he could be your second quick to Pat Cummins. Um, you know, so at the moment, they've got one fast bowler, um, which is... Um, sorry, I'm just reading some news here that David Warner's potentially to be subbed out with concussion. Yeah, um, would you persist with Warner even if yeah, it's a so test which, Yeah, which, which kind of, you know, is, is part of the conversation that, the, that we're having. So, you know, if, if, you, if you were to remove Warner for Cam Green and you've got Green in the middle, it probably means that, you know, maybe Steve Smith has to open the batting or Marnus Labuschagne has to open the batting. Travis Head remains in the middle order. But you've got that additional bowler and batter through the middle. I think you gain an, an, an enormous amount. The challenge is that Cam Green's injured, which is a huge, a huge problem. Mm. Um, three spinners, Kuhneman comes in. And, and uh, what I actually don't mind... Well, I, I love this selection, but he should have been in the initial travelling squad. Uh, they picked Agar 
And then some of the communication around that has been really confusing. So messaging from Tony Dottomate, who's one of the selectors, was that Agar's out of form. Well, from what? How have, how have you judged his lack of form through the nets? Uh, because you pulled him out of a BBL game, mm. he missed the final, went to Sydney, you know, went, went through all that process, put him on a plane, flew him to India, missed, didn't pick him in the first test, and then you've decided somewhere along the way that he's out of form would bring Kuhneman in. Mm. Um, I, I would rather in those situations that the selection team just put their hand up and say, hey, you know what? We've actually misread the situation here. We need the left-arm spinner and we think Kuhneman's better than Agar. And this is how we're going to roll with it mm. rather than kind of mess around the outskirts with all these excuses. So um, I think Kuhneman had to play. I probably would have played him ahead of Murphy. Uh, for the for the first test, if he was part of that orish, uh, original squad, um, in saying that Murphy was outstanding, his debut was was phenomenal, um, and and was the only reason why uh, Australia held any chance in that in that test match. Seven wickets on debut is truly phenomenal. Mm, I was just thinking, even though there's a heat wave here, it'd be nothing like it would be that over in India. But it would be the best. It just from from what I hear and all the people I've spoken to, it just be the best place to play. Because everyone's just obsessed. Yeah, well, I've, I've been fortunate enough to, to travel to India a few times for, for Cricket Australia A I'm Tour s- and I badly the want IPL. to go to India. Yeah, it's it, it is it is as cool. I mean, they're, they're super passionate, um, and but you know during the day it is horrible. Uh, you've yeah. got no idea how hot it is. I can remember. We, we had a training session with Delhi, and it started at 12. And they would be used to it over there, though. Love they it. live it day to day. They it. love yeah, it. They, yeah. You know, but for us, it's like... Yeah. Oof. So this training session started at 12, and we had all these net bowlers come in and, and would contribute, you know, fast bowlers and spinners. And these guys bowled for two hours straight. And so there was a huge... Probably not even breaking... <laughs> but no, there was a huge esky with, you know, ice and waters in it. And, and, no, I, and I, Who cares? I, I started fleeing them out to players. Hey, you know, guys, get a drink. And, oh, you know, they were, they were so grateful, thanks. And, and one, of the, uh, one of the senior leaders of the team was snatching water bottles out of there. No, they're not for them. They're not for them. Absolutely not. You know, they can't. What do you mean? Just took the water away from them. Why? They, they weren't allowed to have a drink. They were there to bowl. The end. That's it. Uh, and, you know, as a, as a northern suburb, suburbs kid out of Hobart who's, you know, huge <laughs> on equality, yeah. that didn't wash with me. So I actually, yeah. uh, at the end, I said to him, I said, look, meet me out the back. There oh was my this, God. There was a huge, um, there was a huge shed of, like, clothes. <laughs> you like, meet me in the car park. <laughs> yeah. So I went and gave away a whole heap of shirts and stuff. I just felt terrible for them. But honestly, it was yeah. 49 degrees. And, and you cannot imagine the sweat <laughs> factor in that. So, um yeah, in, interesting to see what happens with, with, with Dave, Dave Warner here, concussion test. You know, we, we hope that he's okay and continues in the match. But I do hope he's all right. And they know that we take it so seriously absolutely. as we should, the, yeah. the, those concussion protocols. And, and you know, obviously, we need to, for sure. So, hopefully, yeah. he's okay. Yeah, but what, what, what does that mean for the third test? And, you know, if he does miss, the mm. silver line is that maybe they actually get to roll their their best team because you know I'm not sure Warner's in it at the moment his record in India hasn't been great he hasn't started the series well outside of his double hundred in the Australian test match summer he didn't do a great deal and um, yeah I just think that we you know by by removing him it just opens up some some other uh, some other avenues particularly if Cameron Green's fit 
um, to have, have him as the second bowler, bat through the middle and play the three spinners as well. Mm. well I'm always interested to hear listeners' thoughts. Please, uh, as always, remember to text in to the show 0437 Jeeves, we better get to a break. Um, and we've got last break of the show and then we're getting out of here. It's flying, but we'll be back after this. Oh, that guy. Yeah, I've been doing so good all show. I said you I wasn't going to say anything, and I'm not. <laughs> Saturdays in Tassie, as always, thanks to Taz Racing. Join the fun this Tasmanian Summer Racing Festival. How good we've been here with Intersport. Yes. What a show. Yeah, it's been well, a cracker. You know what's taken me uh, by surprise is, mm-hmm. is the amount of people at Centre Point at night. As soon as it opened here at 9 o'clock, yeah, just a in. wave of people. Intersport's been really busy. So if you are looking for footy and soccer boots, the new season ranges are out. We, we heard from Grace earlier around uh, the, the cool designs and some of the, the, the features. Um, you'll need to get in quick because uh, they've been selling them already this morning. And the other, the other cool news from chatting with Grace is that if you did miss out on some heritage jerseys, uh, those amazing Jack Jumpers so cool, yeah. heritage jerseys, uh, Intersport will have uh, some of those available at the back end of the month. So that, that is very exciting as well. Yeah, and I'm not just saying this because it's the Jack Jumpers, but I looked at all the Heritage Round jumpers, and I do think Jack Jumpers is right up there with the coolest. I also I liked the Melbourne United ones as well. I'm just yep. going purely off design here. Mm. But the Jack Jumpers, I think it's the colours. The colours yeah, are so cool. I'm, I must admit, I didn't... So you know how there's the, the, the red and yellow kind of wave that, that flows yeah. through the bottom and then and then it impacts the shorts as well. When mm. I first saw it, I was kind of like, oh, that, that isn't quite the heritage, like because the shorts were playing green. Mm. Um, but I, I, I like the modern design. Now I've seen it and I've seen it live and you know, mm-hmm. I, I do quite like how they've modernised it. Um, but uh, yeah, initially I was kind of, oh, I'm not sure they've got this right. Something but, just sprung to my mind. they definitely have that I forgot to ask you about. Mm. Dirk was here not that long ago, and I didn't even ask you, Thanks and I for thought, the... <laughs> Thanks for G- the late news, is Sandra, Is out the front? No, no, I'm not, I'm not saying as in trying to present news, but I just know that you're such a big fan, and I was like, did Jeevesy find a way Look, to meet him? honestly, it was, it was actually <laughs> hilarious because uh, my phone went nuts the entire day. Because I saw the pictures of him and um, um, Scott Roth, obviously, at, yeah, at training. Yeah, 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 absolutely huge. So my phone went nuts the whole day. <laughs> hey, do you know Dirk's in town? And so my response was, yeah, cool, what? what what am I going to do? Like, you know, <laughs> who am rock, I going to ring? You should, have ro- you should have rocked up to train and be like, oh, SEN, Tazzy here, just here for a yeah, couple of Yeah, hey, everyone tells me Dirk's here. Where is he? I mean, you know, a big fella. Um, yeah, look, I, I would have paid. Uh, a, you yeah, should have just gone. Just, you know what? I'm, I'm, you should have just rocked up. I'm absolutely kicking myself because there was the opportunity to fly, fly to Melbourne and pay for a meet and greet and get a signed jersey. And it, and it was really well priced. Um, yeah. I, I should have done it, but um, you should have. It's just it's it, it it'll always be you know bizarre to me that my favourite athlete, Dirk Nowitzki, I loved him for his work ethic and his humility, so much so I would miss training to watch Dirk Nowitzki, you know, like, go figure. And he was um, here. You should have just gone, yeah, mate. Know. You should have just gone. You could have called up Bailey because maybe when news went down, you could have been like, can I come to Yeah, Yeah, I, I probably didn't act, but, um, you know, I, I kind of... Uh, but when and, I saw it, I thought of you instantly, and I didn't even ask you. We've spoken about this before. I nuffed out Scott Roth at a, <laughs> at a function, and, you know, as much as I the wanted... The same to, one where I made him cry. Yes, you did, yeah. Oh but God. as much as I wanted to know about Scott Roth, I had to ask him about Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. and he got his phone out and showed me all these family so cool. photos. It was amazing. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that, that that actually showed me more about 
Scott, Scott Roth the person yeah. than it did Dirk because because he didn't mind that you were well, coming up so asking happy about to him. Share, yeah, he you was know? excited and, to and share. And overshared, yeah. it was cool. So Scotty Roth, what a guy. I saw you having that chat with him and I just, you guys were just like oh, bros, <laughs> loved it. <laughs> he's, a, he's a cool dude. And, but that, that, that's a really awkward situation for such a figurehead of Tasmanian mm. sport at the moment. But you know, like I said, he, he, he gives himself to every conversation does, yeah. and every social opportunity. And um, I feel sorry for his wife in that instance because I was introduced to her. I mean, and she was just so lovely yeah, as well. And yeah, I, and I, I acknowledged, I said, look, I'm, I'm going to completely nuff Scott out of here. She said, it's fine. Yeah, it happens all the time. So, uh, That's great. Yeah, I should have somehow managed to, um, you know, stalk Dirk down. But uh, it's just cool that he was here. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm surprised you didn't stalk him. But what a big weekend of sport we've got coming up for us. You'll be glued to the TV, no doubt. Yeah, tomorrow afternoon's um, tomorrow, massive. Tomorrow, basketball mad. Kojakis. I am a little jealous of your um, Paul Kelly experience. I know it falls on it's it falls on a difficult day because obviously Jack Jumpers mm. are on. So I'm going to have the score on my phone. Jack Jumper, I mean Jack Jumpers, Paul Kelly in my ears, Missy Higgins, Bernard Fanning. It's a, Mate, I'll a, be going it's off. a cool setup. Before we depart today, I'll share with you a quick experience. I saw Paul Kelly at the uh, old Marilla Vineyard, which yeah. is now Mona. Yeah, it's my first experience with red wine. And oh, it no. ended with me asleep with my face in a plate of sausages <laughs> at the old Mama Luca restaurant down in Salamanca, which Gee many which many whiz. people will remember. Uh, and I've, I've not drunk red wine since. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Paul Kelly came up with the song Dumping. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good from you. Well, yeah, I mean, that was actually quick for me. <laughs> that hurt a little bit too, but okay. that's okay. <laughs> All right, we should go to the. We should uh, end this show before I, I ruin my good joke. I'm going out on a high. <laughs> that was Saturdays in Tassie, as always for Taz Racing. Join the fun this Tasmanian Summer Racing Festival. Thank you, Intersport. We'll get out of here. Go, Jackies.